of Southwest Washington. You're listening to episode 30. That's three zero of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. We're also a proud member of the Labor Radio Podcast Network with over 150 radio shows and podcasts for working people just like you. Find out more about the network at laborradionetwork.org. I'm Shannon Myers. And I'm Harold Phillips. And before we get started, we always like to remind you that the views and opinions expressed on this show are not necessarily the views and opinions of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council, its affiliate unions, our guest unions, their employers, not even their political signs. Nobody but themselves. Not even their political science? Are political science like people? Are these I said aliens? Signs. Oh, signs. Do you want me to say that again? No, actually. I'm glad you said signs because, Shannon, have you seen all the political signs around town lately? Are you kidding? We live in Vancouver, Washington. Signs are everywhere and they start popping up almost a year before the election even happens. So it's only going to get worse. And I guarantee you, people are all about signs in Vancouver. And, you know, it's interesting. Part of the reason why it's because we get no airtime on the television. It's all Oregon and Portland politics. And it's so expensive to do airtime that everybody spends all their money on political signs. It's crazy. I, you know, I never made that connection. As I've said before, I just moved up to the Vancouver area like five years ago. And when I was living in Portland, I would drive north through Vancouver. And it was like, there's this perpetual election. The signs are always up. But that makes sense because you're right. In a media market, you're fighting for airtime and airtime is expensive. So it seems like there's more lately, though, because didn't something called filing week happen? Yeah. As soon as that filing week ends, which this year was actually on May 20th, it is game on. We know everybody who's running for what positions. And they're going to let us know with every single sign they can make. So this year, it's a midterm, right? That's the election people don't care about because nobody's running for president or governor. Oh, my gosh. This frustrates me so much. They should care about this election probably more than the others because these elections are so super important for our state and for our county. These are the offices that actually affect our lives every single day. We've got people to represent us in the state legislature this cycle. We also have our county councils. We've got some city councils. And oh my gosh, if here in Clark County, you have not seen the county sheriff signs You have been living in a dirt hole because we have a huge Clark County Sheriff race. Not only that, but our U.S. representative, right? That seat is up for election. And there's like 12 people running for that seat. How can people tell which of the candidates for these offices are going to focus on working people's issues if they get elected? That's where our endorsements come in at the Labor Council. 
So political candidates get to say a lot of things to get elected, but it is really important to make sure that you are actually getting down and dirty with those candidates and making sure that they are going to protect living wages, safety conditions, and hours on the job. We need jobs. And that is what the labor movement is looking for. So we actually run them through an extremely... Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. I know you're a political junkie. I know that you're excited about this stuff, but a lot of the listeners are still trying to figure out what is the election? Who's running for election? Thankfully, we have a couple people here who can help us weed our way through who may not be political junkies like you, but are pretty versed in the political process. First, we've got Sean Nyman, who's vice president of the Cowlitz-Wakayakum Central Labor Council. Thanks for joining us, Sean. I'm happy to be here. And we've got another Sean, Sean Gundert, vice president of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Welcome back, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, before we get started, Sean, the last time you were on the show was to talk about a different election, right? The Evergreen Schools replacement levy. How did that turn out? We passed it. We won. We got it. Totally because of our podcast listeners Woo-hoo! making sure that people voted, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure. Yep. <laughs> okay. So Shannon started going down a rabbit hole as she does when she talks politics. Let's start with the basics here. Why do unions get involved at all? Why does labor get involved in the political process? I always tell our members that politics is our paychecks, literally our paychecks and benefits. And uh, I'm with public sector. So taxpayers are contributing and decisions are made around where that tax money is going to go. And ultimately, it affects our workers in the public sector. But if you're talking about public sector workers trying to pick their own bosses, isn't that kind of topsy-turvy? Well, it's supposed to be a democracy. Democracy means led by the people. So no, I would argue that it's not. It should be that way. We should be deciding who's going to be in charge, who's making the decisions, who makes the decisions affects all of us. Like it's not just public sector workers, it's everything. You look at wages in any state that has favored right to work legislation versus any state that hasn't. Unfortunately, there's a clear divide and those wages match the politics. So what I'm hearing you say is that the politicians who actually get into office can make a difference on the ground level, on bread and butter issues, just wages, working conditions, that sort of thing. What other things are you looking for from someone who's running for office? I can answer this one on a local level. So the city and county actually decide where the money is going to be spent structurally, also bringing in new businesses. And labor needs to have people who are very pro-business, also pro-worker, and also building projects that make sense in our community. We have had an instance where city council actually turned down a project in our area, and I won't go into huge amounts of details, but labor actually wanted the project, and our friends at city council were very vocal about not wanting that project. We then knew where they stood as far as future energy transition projects. And so that also makes a decision in the future of who we support. This brings up a good point because you hear people talk about labor unions and elections, and they tend to use this term special interest group, right? 
if labor can go to people who are in office and basically let them know that they're not happy with their decisions, does that make us a special interest group? To me, another word for it is priorities. So you can call it special interests. It has a negative connotation. For us, it's about priorities. And I think every one of our unions assess our members. What are your priorities? And also with being called a special interest, we've heard it from both sides of the aisle, both from Republicans and from Democrats. And there's a big difference that I see between what people would normally see as a special interest group which I see big CEOs, oil companies with lobbyists who are going there for profit and money. In my role as vice president, I have these union printed business cards. And if I interact with someone, I give them my business card. The one thing that it says on here, aside from all the other stuff, is it says, quote, a voice for working families. Southwest Washington Central Labor Council, a voice for working families. That's my interest in this role that I'm in. That's coming first and foremost. We as a labor movement have a very democratic process to where we actually communicate all the way down to the baker on the shop floor, to the theater employee behind the stage. These people are delegates at our labor councils. They are the ones that are voting on who labor is ultimately going to support. So our interest is not for an individual or for an organization. It's actually for the 500,000 union members throughout the entire state of Washington. It's their interest. That's what I would say would be a difference between the labor movement and a quote-unquote special interest group. So you brought up this whole idea of polling the members and having the members vote. I think there's this stereotype out there that when unions make endorsements, it's some shadowy political boss figure who's picking the winners and losers. It doesn't really sound like that, though. It sounds like this process is a lot different than how it's been spun. I'll explain a little bit of the process, and then I hope that the Shans will jump on in here, because we at the Labor Councils actually put together letters and questionnaires that are sent out to every single person who has filed on the PDC website, which is the Public Disclosure Commission website. Anybody can look this up. It shows you who's filed for office, how much they've raised. It'll tell you how to contact them by phone, by email, everything. So what we do, or actually the Shans do, is they go in to the PDC website, find out who in our area is running for office, and send a letter to absolutely every single person who has filed for office and invite them to come to the labor councils and interview and talk to us. I sent invitations to every single candidate running for those positions. I attached questionnaires to them and invited them and answered any questions people had and arranged to interview. Sean, tell us what the questions were on there. The questionnaire that we sent out for the state races and for the national races were questionnaires that were developed by the Washington State Labor Council and for the AFL-CIO, respectively. And they're all kind of the meat and potatoes of really what we care about as working people. You know, what do they know about right to work? Are they into that kind of thing for God knows why? Uh, we ask I, just sometimes the basics. Um, have you ever belonged to a union? Have you ever crossed a picket line? 
something our members would want to know. What is your involvement? What is your knowledge? What do you even know about unions and why you're sitting in front of this? I like how you said it was about the meat and potatoes, because even though our unions are diverse, it is about working families and the conditions of the workers that we're asking about. We also ask them if they believe in the right to organize because there are so many people in our local and state offices who have represented workers in their offices. And if they don't believe in the right to organize or to collectively bargain, that's a big problem for us because they are going to be bosses of our union members who are there under a collective bargaining agreement. So Sean or Sean, do they all turn the questionnaires back in? And do you set up an interview time? Does everybody show up for interviews? I invited everybody. Not everyone chose to respond. Not everyone scheduled an interview. Not everyone completed the questionnaire. And I think that looking at how they answered them and who decided to answer those questionnaires and who didn't, it looks like, you know, the people that chose to answer those questionnaires are the people that have a priority of having working people in mind. So when did you hold interviews? Where did you hold them? And what offices did you guys decide on? We held them at the IBEW office. We also had some by Zoom. And those who were interviewing were delegates and officers with three or four CLCs, I think all present. CLC? Yeah. What, what is that? Oh, thank you. Central Labor Council. Oh, oh, Central Labor Council. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. That's okay. So if it was the Secretary of State, we asked all of the candidates the same questions. If it was the Congressional District 3, they were all asked the same question. We actually get those questions from the members and the delegates. We actually ask additional questions during the interviews outside of the questionnaire that they get. We give that down and dirty specific questions that relate to the actual position that they're running for. You know, we may be re-interviewing someone that we had endorsed in the past. So there may be a question specifically in there about a particular topic or, like I said, one of our priorities that they said they'd support and not. I find it super important then to hold them accountable, um, especially when we re-interview them throughout this process. And we all wrote down what we heard in our answers. And when we were done with the interviews, then the three or four central labor councils went back to their own committees. And then the decision making was done there. I can say for hours, we discussed what we heard, who we would recommend. And then at our next meeting, we shared our recommendations. And it was interesting because on one, we did not agree necessarily. And we just shared how both of us felt about it with the other delegates at our meeting. Then the delegates that were at our meeting that night, they took our recommendation and then they voted whether or not to recommend an endorsement and send that up to the COPE convention. Sean, was it a similar process in Southwest Washington? Yeah, Southwest Washington has a very similar process. So we sent our committee members up to interview with the other three labor councils and we then met separately and we had discussion about them and we came to consensus about what those recommendations should be to our labor council. So we brought that back to our union siblings and our labor councils. And we, as labor councils, voted and decided to recommend for endorsement at the state level. 
people in the various positions that we recommended for. So wait a second, you have interviews with some people, then you take it to a meeting and you get more approvals from that meeting. And then you're saying you take it to another meeting to get more approvals. Wow, this is a long democratic process. Lots of voting. Yeah, tell us about that because Sean Nyman, you mentioned something called COPE. Is that what you were talking about, Sean Gundert, about taking it up to the state level? Yeah, for sure. COPE is a committee on political education that is run through the state labor council. And that's how the endorsement process works at the state level. We vote on who we want to endorse as Washington State Labor Council for our candidates in the state level races, including the legislative House and Senate representatives. It's actually called a convention. And I've gone to probably 23 of these now, which is a fantastic if you're a political geek like us. But what happens is all of our union affiliates or locals and the Washington State Labor Council actually represents over 600 individual unions around the state. They get invitations to come to Seattle, usually at the Machinist Hall up in Tukwila. There's two or 300 of us from all around the state, and we go through every single congressional race, every single state senator race, every single state rep race, one by one by one. And we actually look at every single candidate determine if they're working family friendly. We give our pros and cons. And this is Teamsters, steelworkers, educators, nurses, machinists, all of us are in there talking about these candidates and then ultimately voting on endorsements. So once the vote is done at the Convention on Political Education, then you have endorsed candidates right? Labor is endorsing candidates in our races. So what happens after the endorsement? I mean, what do you get besides a little checkbox? Well, that little checkbox means a lot. That little checkbox represents working class families. It represents all of us here in Southwest Washington. It shows that the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council approves of that candidate. It really says something. It says that they have values of working peoples in their communities. That's why we endorse at all levels. You know, it really matters for those city level positions that maybe are kind of, you know, really that position is going to boring meeting after boring meeting, but that's where important decisions get made about what projects get approved and how our money is distributed in our communities. So that's what they get. What I always love is the candidate who comes to be interviewed is so tickled that they were invited. They want to know when the announcement is going to be made of whether or not they were endorsed. And several of those that were endorsed, I swear, as soon as the COPE convention was done, it was immediately posted on their website and their Facebook page. It was a huge deal that um, they were endorsed. That, to me, is the exciting part of it. The candidates seek us out and eagerly participate and then share the message, like you said, Sean, that they stand with working families. We are able to contribute financially. Not a whole lot. It's $1,000 of a cap at the state level for the work that we do. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with political races and how much money they cost these days. Uh, $1,000 doesn't get you very far. $1,000 can make you some of those signs that we see around Vancouver, but not very many. So it's really the message that has the biggest impact. 
And let's not forget about what the labor movement does best. That's boots on the ground and our members. We educate our members on those electeds or hopeful electeds who actually care about our jobs and our families and our welfare and our communities. We get people motivated and we get people to vote. We get our members out there. Yes, the boots on the ground. My boots are kind of worn out and I'm a little more into, into the phone banking and whatever else. But yes, I think it's Sean and my probably next job is to start mobilizing those folks. Can I share who we endorsed? So for the U.S. Senate, we endorsed Patty Murray. For the 3rd Congressional District, we endorsed Marie Glusenkamp-Perez. So those are our two congressional candidates. And then we also made some endorsements for the state Supreme Court seats. And those are Mary Yu, Barbara Madsen, and Helen Whitener. Oh, I'm so glad that you're making endorsements for judges, because I think that's something that people struggle with. They don't know anything about the judges, so this should really help them. Yeah, and the judges that we interviewed were thrilled to speak with us because they're often not invited to be interviewed. We in the labor movement have been encouraging our members to step up and run for office. And now we have five union members running for a state representative position in Southwest Washington, and we've endorsed all five. Yeah, we have in the 17th in both positions, we have two union members running, we have Terry Niles in position one, and we have Joe Keir in position two, and they're both fantastic. They're both people that we have great relationships with already that have a lot of great things to say regarding working people and our interests. In the 18th, we have John Zingali, who's a teacher at iTech. He's a history teacher of the year. He prints out pocket constitutions for his students every year. He's very involved in the American democratic process. And then we also have Duncan Camacho in position two in the 18th. And he is a nurse that's been really working hard as a nurse and as a union member, especially during COVID. And let's not forget our amazing sister, Monica Stonier, who is also an educator running in the 49th. She's a member of my local Evergreen Education Association. She's fantastic. And she helped us get that levy passed. We've been talking about the legislative districts down south of Cowlitz County. Sean, did you folks make endorsement for your legislative districts? Well, we did not in LD19 because people filed at the very last minute. So Representative Walsh, I think there are one or two running against him, and Representative Joel McIntyre. So there will be two races in LD19. July 9th, I believe, we'll be doing the same process. Uh, We'll be sending the invitation out, sending the questionnaire out, interviewing those who want to participate, and then making endorsements. It'll still be before the primary, and we will get that out right away. So Washington has kind of a different primary than a lot of states where our listeners may be listening from. It's not like a Democrat or a Republican primary. How does that work? We have a top two primary in Washington state. So the top two candidates who get the most votes on the primary ballot, assuming there are two candidates or more than two candidates. Uh, Those are the candidates that move on past the primary into the general election. So it's not guaranteed. And that's why it's also important to consider that it's not about political party. It's about who is going to represent working people best. We want those people to be endorsed by us so they can move past the primary. I hear a lot about 
state races, but we also talked about county and local races. Have you guys interviewed for that or is that a whole nother process or is that a whole nother set of interviews? We do have a commissioner's race contested. So we'll be interviewing for that. The sheriff is contested. The coroner's office is contested. And I actually, just as a little side note, heard our state treasurer talk this weekend. And I was like, I had no idea that's what our state treasurer is doing. So I think I'm going to find out actually what the coroner does and how that could affect our working families. You know, something I left out is that we endorsed Steve Hopps for Secretary of State. And when we interviewed for Secretary of State, that's something that I had to do is like, what else does the Secretary of State do? I know that they run our great elections in the state. Uh, what else do they do? And I don't know if you all knew this already, but they are in charge of the state libraries. And so there's a lot of interesting questions to be asked about information and how it's transferred. And that includes our libraries in our prisons. And there's a lot of questions that could be asked or should be asked about some of our incarcerated community members. So are you doing additional interviews in Southwest Washington like they're doing up in Kalatwakayakum? Yeah. So we are going to be interviewing anybody that has any touch at any level with our working families in Southwest Washington. So we are requesting interviews from everyone that's running for any Clark County, any Skamania County, any Klickitat County positions. That would include sheriffs, county counselors, as Sean Nyman mentioned, and even mayors. Sean says coroners. I don't know about coroners, but we have auditors running. Our public utility district commissioners, anybody that has any sort of impact on working families in Southwest Washington, that's anybody in any position, really. So yeah, we're going to be interviewing toward the end of the month. And we're going to make sure that we get our families represented. This all sounds like a lot of work. Shannon kind of laid it out. You go to this interview, and then you have this vote, and then you have to take it somewhere else and have this vote. And then even after the endorsements, you're not done because you have to have more interviews and more votes. Is it worth all the effort? I don't like politics, and I think it is. I love politics. I definitely think it is. And of course, you all know where I sit. Go (laughs) politics! These people are making decisions that affect us. And whomever they are in these positions, I want to make sure that those people are representing our interests. I want to make sure that my needs are being met as a community member. I want to make sure that my neighbor's needs are being met. I want to make sure that my coworkers' needs are being met, that we have people that represent us in a representative democracy. One of the best parts of the process is learning something new about it. I've also ran for office and I know how hard it is. And so there's a little bit of empathy. I get what they're going through and the fact that they will take the time and be interviewed and are supportive of labor, I think is a good thing. Before we go, you were talking about signs earlier. I think another reason why there's so many signs out there is because depending on which county you're from, going into the primary, there is no voter pamphlet. So folks get their ballot and they're like, I don't know who any of these people are and I don't know anything about them. And I think newspapers will hold off doing their endorsements until the general election. So you don't get information from that source. So even though signs are annoying, um, it lets you know who's running. And I would hope most people go seek out the information, but because they won't, then what do we do? We bring it to them. We bring the information to our members and why we endorsed and why we'll stand with them and walk with them. Well, 
Thank you so much, Sean Nyman, Vice President of the Cowlitz-Wakaikum Central Labor Council, and Sean Gundert, Vice President of the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you, working people, for joining us on another episode of Working to Live in Southwest Washington, produced by the Southwest Washington Central Labor Council. And you know, folks... We want to make sure that the candidates that we endorse are committed to giving people a voice in their workplace. So we make sure that they pledge to use union goods and services in their campaign before we endorse them. And we practice what we preach, of course. And that's why this podcast was recorded under a SAG-AFTRA collective bargaining agreement. That's how you lead by example, folks. Remember, working people, this is your show. We want to know what you want to hear on it. Email us at podcast at swwaclc.org or find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at swwaclc. And don't forget to subscribe to the show. Pass the link on to your friends and family because here... If you're not into politics, don't worry. We'll make it easy. So share the podcast until November. And while you're at it, give us five stars or fill in the bubble on the ballot and stuff it in the envelope or whatever your podcast platform of choice gives you to let people know you like what we're doing here. One last thing, folks. We talked a little bit at the top of the show about how People don't care about midterm elections because there's no president. There's no governor. They're just a bunch of people who are running for jobs that you don't even know what they do. But like Sean and Sean pointed out, finding out what these jobs do is part of the process. You may not know what a soil and lands commissioner does. You may not know what a comptroller does. But I can almost guarantee you the people who get elected to those offices are going to have some impact in your life. So finding out what they do and finding out who's running for those positions can make the difference between you having a pretty good time in the next few years and you running into some jams. So take the time. Look at our endorsements. Look at other endorsements. Read your voter's pamphlet when it comes in. I know it's like a phone book, but take the time to read it. Take the time to get to know the candidates and make an informed choice. And speaking about informed choice, a thing that I would like to recommend, don't vote on party lines. Things are so tribal right now, and we really need to start educating ourselves and putting the best people in the job, not because they're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent. It's because they actually know what they have to do as a Clark County commissioner and that they actually have the skills to do it. So make sure that you're looking at your candidates. Look at their resume. Just like any job, we have to have a resume, a cover letter, and an interview, and then we need to be hired. It's the same kind of process for our electeds. So please do your research and vote for the person that's best for the job. A resume, a cover letter, an interview, and recommendations don't hurt either. So 
when you look at our endorsements, when you look at somebody else's endorsements, remember, there are recommendations, but it's up to you. Make an informed choice. But for God's sakes, make a choice. Don't throw your ballot in the recycling. Make sure you fill it out and make sure you send it in because the people who get elected this time around are going to have a big impact on your life. So don't forget to vote. Bye. We'll see you soon. She did the bye part already. Bye. Don't forget to vote. Bye. (laughs) Now you can use whatever you want. (laughs) See, pickups. You know how to do the pickups. You are a pro. No, I just, I've just done it for 30 episodes. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, that's all it really takes. Uh, You know, practice, practice, practice. Malcolm Gladwell, right? I mean, you're an expert when you put in 100,000 hours.